A very warm welcome to Talking Point, the podcast where I observe, reflect and debate the issues that matter to you. Among the Talking Points up for discussion today, how not to complain. Find us on the web at talkingpoint.site, that's site, S-I-T-E, where you can download and listen to all our episodes and contact the programme with your own suggestions for a future Talking Point. Well, a very warm welcome. How's your week been? What's been your pet peeve in the past seven days or when you last tuned in? Do let us know. We'd love to hear from you. That's what we're all about, Talking Point. You can find out more by visiting our website at talkingpoint.site, where, as I've said, you can contact the programme and listen and download all our episodes. We have a culture these days where people do not know how to complain properly. For example, you're out and about, you're in a restaurant, you're about to sit down for your meal, when all of a sudden you receive that visit from the waiter. There are two types, you know the sort I mean. You've either got the one who comes up to your table and loudly asks, Everything alright with your meal, love? Which invariably elicits the attention of all those around you. Heads turn and mouths gape and you can see half-chewed sausage and masticated steak. And then you get the other sort, who gingerly sidles up to your table on silent feet, as they was in bedroom slippers, wishing he wasn't there, and comes between two of you and puts his arm, one on each of your shoulders, and peers in and says, Everything all right with your meal? As though we shouldn't be asking the question in the first place. I often find that it's a Wasted exercise, because what is the response most people give? Everything's all right, thank you. And they might be absolutely hating every mouthful, but social conditioning tells them they must respond in a courteous way. It doesn't lead to anything. It's counterproductive, because if the meal is awful, you don't end up solving the problem. I was in a pub once, I was with a friend, and we'd waited at least a good hour for this meal to arrive, and the pub wasn't all that busy. So it was apparent there was something afoot. So when eventually the meal did arrive about an hour and a half later, I recollect saying to the waiter at the time, why is it taking this long? What's the problem? I'm not happy. You know, we ordered it over 90 minutes ago, and it's only just arrived. And the only thing she could come up with in her defence, she offered me a free dessert on the house. a free dessert and the dessert was only valued at about four pounds five pounds and we were both offered one and i said i won't be bought and you will not buy my silence i said i would rather you fix the problem otherwise i could end up coming here next week and if you'd not addressed the issue i'll end up waiting another hour or another hour and a half get your problem fixed rather than buying people because i said that doesn't address your problem. Every crisis has a solution. Get it fixed and I'll probably come back in a few weeks time. And if it's still the same, I said then it will get reflected in my review. False move. You don't get customer loyalty that way. Some of these people may come back again or may not come back again. But chances are if they've had a bad experience, they'd rather complain about it on social media 
They'll take a picture of it, throw it on social media, put a sad face, a grimacing face, a pukey face. That's the way they tend to play their games. It doesn't solve a problem. They like to make an even bigger problem. <laughs> the same as anybody. You know, if you saw that your neighbour's car was been battered to death, you know, not literally, but you know what I mean, and been hammered by some thug in the street. <laughs> Rather than actually reporting it to the police or taking any action by going and informing your neighbour, you know, they'd rather take a photo of it or a video of it and stick it on social media. I've just become desensitised to it all. Uh, I see it for what it really is. A lot of people have been sucked into the meta nowadays. You know, Facebook, they think they're being very philosophical with using meta, but it can also detach people from the reality of life. And children who have been used to a lifetime almost of being money cuddled and only ever had grazed knees wiped for them, they've never been left to address their own issues, end up growing up with a happiness, something called learned helplessness. And it's quite sad because they end up not actually helping themselves and they end up making whatever happens to them somebody else's problem. Hey-ho, we've helped poor Johnny out when he's cut his knee or we've solved a bullying crisis for somebody in the classroom, etc. You know, it might be a little bit of name-calling, but nothing more serious than that. But a child isn't left to defend themselves anymore. We go the other way. When it comes to, you know, discipline, um, children today don't understand what being told off really involves because it's almost as though you're impinging on their rights. And I remember when my son was at school and he was at a private school and it was quite funny. He's only 24 now. So he was probably, we went to school in, what, in 2001, so when he was three. And um, I remember him coming home and saying to me at about four years old, he remembered that his punishment for that day was having a smiley face removed off the board in the classroom and replaced with a sad face. Oh dear. And I asked him if he felt that was effective. His answer? No, Daddy. And it transcends right into mainstream society, does it not? To the point where everybody has been moulded and been conditioned and have been controlled by bullying and intimidation. And the way that they prevent you from being an individual is they deny you a voice, the right to speak. They cannot accept that you have an individual mind, you are a thinking person, you function autonomously, and you may have opposing views to X, Y, and Z. So to prevent you from voicing those opinions, from being vocal, they legislate. And if you were to uh, express an opposing view and someone took offence, you could be arrested on the grounds of X, Y and Z. You can't express your opinion on race, gender, body image. And this is again not protecting people, it's avoiding addressing issues. We've got a big problem in this country where illness is coming back into to these aisles, uh, such as monkeypox and uh, other viruses that we thought we had done away with years ago. They are coming into this country 
because we are letting people in by the boatload, week in and week out, and we don't know what illnesses they have. COVID-19, the figures were rising week in and week out, and yet when they did all the relevant surveys, they found out that people coming over from France who had come through Europe or wherever, however they'd arrived, were coming into, you know, into Britain into, in rubber dinghies. And uh, they were 20 times more likely to be carrying COVID-19 than anybody else in Britain. And yet they were letting them in. And yet if we were to raise that as an issue, to say this is partly the reason why there's been a spike in cases, that would be deemed racist. And yet we still let them in. And you know, we have a massive housing crisis in this country, a huge housing crisis in this country. So in the last 12 months, 500,000 people came to the UK and just over 300,000 vacated it, still leaving us with 200,000 extra people placing extra pressure on our ever under-resourced services such as the NHS, state education, the police. And we've got a housing crisis. There is over a million people waiting for social housing in this country, a million, and we still let in 200 and odd thousand people a year. In terms of the number of houses that are required, it requires building a house every six to seven minutes. We will always be chasing our tails. Don't they understand that when the cup is full, you stop pouring? I wouldn't say it's about people being insensitive and unsympathetic towards another person's plight, because the majority of people are very decent and are very welcoming of people who are genuinely in need. But on this occasion, it's about applying the laws of common sense and good logic. Else we're going to end up in one hell of a mess. I mean, where are we going to get the water from to fuel all these extra homes? There is already a major water crisis in this country. And I am not scaremongering you. It is absolutely true. Go and research it on Google. I would rather you did. You know, there is a rule of philosophy that knowledge helps to get at the truth. If you are low on knowledge, go in search of some, and then use your wisdom to help you apply it. Look up Britain's water crisis and see what you find. This country alone already is utilising three times the resources of the planet in one year. And that's just the UK alone. Three times the world's or the planet's resources in one year. It, giving it no chance to recover. And if that's what we're doing, what the hell are places like America um, and other major countries, India, uh, China, with huge po- pockets of population doing in terms of pilfering from the planet. And we are now paying the price with these very hot summers. Temperatures next week soaring into, what, the mid-30s? 40s even, depending where you are, the further south you are. And that's just in Britain. And we are still living in denial. It's not our fault. But countries just talk. And look where talking's got us. Nowhere. Do let me know your thoughts. You can get in touch by going to talkingpoint.site, where you can also listen to this episode again 
and download other episodes in the series. Until next time, thank you for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.